Welcome to the Burning Hearts Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us this week. This morning, I'm going to define prayer, if you're taking notes, I'm going to define prayer as a state of engaged fellowship with God. Prayer, a state of engaged fellowship with God. There's these awesome kids' Bibles that Pastor Sage uses in the kids' room, and I was perusing those um, in my office, which happens to be the kids' room during the week, and I was perusing those Bibles and found this beautiful kids' article in the kids' Bible called How to Pray. And I want to pose a couple questions from this Bible to kind of jumpstart our conversation. In the kids' Bible, the first question that the kids asked was, how do I start praying? Now listen to these responses. Answer, Praying is not as hard as you might think. What might be hard is getting into the habit of talking with God every day. Start by picking a special time every day. Think about things you want to say. Thank you, or I'm sorry, or please help me. Then tell God those things. You don't have to use fancy words. Talk to God like you talk to a parent or a friend. I love kids' definitions. It's just so simple. Question number two in the kids' Bible on how to pray. Can I tell God anything Answer, you sure can, kids. There isn't a thing you could say to him that would make him stop loving you. You can tell him when you're sad or grumpy. You can thank him when everything's going your way. Lean on God when you're having a bad day. Talk to him just like you would talk to a friend. But you know what? Your friends might let you down. Your mom or dad might not always listen, but God will always listen and he'll understand you. I just love how reassuring the simplicity of those answers are. Third question in the kid's Bible and final question, do I fold my hands and close my eyes when I pray? Answer, that's one way to do it. You can pray while you're on your knees or standing up. You can pray with books in your hands or while you're hugging your mom. Oh, adults like thinking about hugging your mom praying. You can talk to God at any time because he's always right there with you and he wants to be your friend. Love how simple things are in a kid's mind and I think sometimes we make things so overly complex and we almost make them religious when God approaches us in such a simple and loving way, and we can approach him in the same way. Jesus also had some thoughts on prayer and and a lifestyle of prayer that we can learn from, and many teachings on prayer. So hang in with me a little bit. I just wanna reference a few verses from Jesus' examples of prayer through the New Testament. Um, And I, I did pull these from this beautiful article. Oh, did I forget his name? Some of you are gonna love this. I listened to this program a little bit on Life 97.9 in like the late 90s when my parents would have it on in the car. Focus on the family, okay, on Life 97.9. They got some great stuff. This is an article actually from their website, Learning from the Prayer Life of Jesus. And I want you to glean from this some of Jesus' teachings and examples on prayer. Jesus prayed for others. In Matthew 19, 13, Little children were brought to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. He said, the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. So Jesus often prayed for others. John 17, nine. I, Jesus, pray for them. He's praying for his disciples. So Jesus prayed for others. Jesus also prayed with others. Jesus took Peter and John and James alone with him and went up to a mountain to pray. This is Luke chapter nine. Jesus also prayed alone. Luke chapter five, verse 16. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. 
Jesus prayed in nature. Psalm 19, verse one. The heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of his hands. And in Luke 6, Jesus goes to a mountainside to pray. He, does, he chooses in that moment not to go to a temple, not to go indoors, but he finds a secret place in nature, a beautiful place to pray and connect with God. Jesus could pray short prayers and also extremely long extended times of prayer. So Jesus demonstrates both. He teaches us the Lord's Prayer, which is a fairly short and simple prayer to pray. And sometimes I just enjoy praying that prayer um, if I have nothing more to pray, it's like, oh, Lord, that's a beautiful prayer. You're, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is such an all-encompassing prayer. And it continues on. Jesus also prayed extended periods of time. So Jesus prayed short prayers. He also prayed extremely long prayers and spent um, intense moments um, spending the night praying to God in Luke 6, verse 12. We also learn Jesus prayed regularly. Luke 5.16, he often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. We know that the prayers of Jesus were heartfelt. We can see that in John 17 in the Garden of Gethsemane, actually sweating blood in prayer. Jesus also teaches persistence in prayer. Luke 18. And Jesus also knew not all his prayers would be answered as expected. We see in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus praying in his prayer, not my will, Father, but yours be done. That's a beautiful heart posture of prayer. Okay, so why am I starting the praise and worship message talking so much about prayer and establishing what prayer is? And again, I've defined prayer this morning as a state of engaged fellowship with God. So why am I starting with such a long description and kind of conversation on prayer? Well, I think of it this way. It's because what we experience on a Sunday morning when we come together for what we call a corporate time of praise and worship, what we just experienced for 45 minutes, oftentimes with music and with singing, praise and worship both fall under the umbrella of prayer. Praise and worship are expressions of prayer. What we do on a Sunday in a corporate gathering, praise and worship, are two distinct forms of prayer, of engaging in fellowship with God. Now, there are so many other forms and expressions of prayer. Even in that kid's Bible, we read, you can, you can kneel in your home and pray. Jesus went to a mountainside and prayed. Um, he prayed passionately. Jesus um, offered thanksgiving to God. Uh, we see through the scriptures intercession and praying for certain specific things. But I just want you to understand first and foremost that praise and worship, what we're doing, sits underneath this beautiful umbrella of what is prayer. These are expressions and a form that we engage with God in prayer. So all praise and worship is prayer, but not all prayer is praise and worship because there are so many other forms. So if you're asking kind of like, why do we spend so much time, particularly at Burning Hearts Church, in time of praise and worship? There's so many reasons. But one of them is because we understand Jesus' teaching on prayer and how prayer is so important, how the corporate gathering place of prayer is so important, and because there is so much biblical precedent for us to do so. 
Can I throw you a couple more scripture references? And I'd encourage you, some of you take these back and read some of these scripture references. This is Old Testament examples of seeing worship and prayer with music as a core part of believers' lives. In 2 Chronicles chapter five, we see the Israelites as they worship God. The passage says that they played their instruments and sang to the Lord. And in that specific experience, God's glory, a cloud, literally filled the room so much that the priests couldn't even perform their responsibilities. In 2 Chronicles chapter 29, we actually see God command his people in a specific instance to worship him with music. It's in 2 Chronicles chapter 29. In Exodus chapter 15, we see the Israelite people led in this moment by Moses and Miriam in a song and dance of praise. This is a biblical expression of praise to God. All throughout the book of Psalms, we're instructed to worship the Lord, sing him a new song, lift up holy hands, um, and all sorts of different expressions of praise throughout the Psalms. Now, there's not just Old Testament examples for this stuff, there's New Testament examples too. The biblical precedent for worshiping God is throughout the entire narrative of scripture. The apostle Paul and his friend Silas praying and singing in prison. As they are singing and praying, shack their shackles fall off of them. Or in 1 Corinthians 14, the apostle Paul actually encourages singing. In Ephesians chapter five, we're instructed to speak to one another in psalms, in hymns, and in spiritual songs, singing and making melody in our hearts to the Lord. Or in Hebrews 13, 15, an Old Testament example, we're encouraged to offer the sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips. And I love James 5, 13. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. So when we come together to worship God through music, we're positioning ourselves in a place of prayer, a place of engaged fellowship with God, where we can encounter God's love, power, and presence in ways that, as we see in the Bible, can change and transform us and our lives. Now, I will say this. When we exalt a certain form of worship above the one we're worshiping, it's time for an adjustment. And I think sometimes it can look like in our church, like, oh, well, they just love worship. Like, they just love singing and, and music so much, and it's just... It's kind of like over the top. It's all in how you look at it. God looks to the heart beyond our form. Again, praise and worship, what we do on a Sunday morning is one expression of prayer. So if we can recognize that this is an expression of our love to God and a way that we engage in fellowship with God, we can enjoy and anticipate that God's going to move in our times together. So we always want to exalt Jesus above exalting any form of worship. I'm gonna pose a question to you. Do you think our church here, you know, Burning Hearts, that we have got it figured out, and we're the church that does it the right way, like, like we're the ones who like, we know how to connect with God and, and approach God, and like, we're the ones that really love Jesus. There's a, there's a church, you know, and maybe there's a couple others out there, but like, we're the ones who really love Jesus, and, and we show it by the way we, you know, we sing with passion, like, 
Hey, we are. But there's so many others who do too. And they express it differently. Different styles, different volumes, different instruments, different preachers. There's so many believers across our city, across our state, who I believe share our heart in love and devotion to Jesus and wanna live lifestyles of love. And I would say sometimes the things that are seen and visible to us and the externals, even the things that we enjoy in or about a church, God's looking beyond those and looking to our hearts. And he sees the desire of our hearts to know him and to love him beyond the externals and some of the style of different churches. Is that okay? He loves our church. Jesus loves this place. He loves our hearts when we come to him in worship. Oh, it's good. I would say today that anything that results in connection with or the adoration of God is prayer. Anything that results in connection with or the adoration of God is prayer. Obviously, stay biblical. With all that said, when we gather for a time of praise and worship, we're gathering for a time of prayer, communion with God and fellowship with him and with one another. All right, I wanna move real quick into just sharing a few testimonies and stories from times of praise and worship. Hopefully just to encourage you and to expand your faith for what God can do and wants to do in moments like that, uh, where we're in praise and worship. I wanna share a story right off the bat. I'm not gonna say his name, but this is someone that I know. Um, he was a student in high school, more so when I knew him the most. But there's a really cool story of how God moves in times of praise and worship. And I'm not talking about times of preaching the word. I'm talking about times of praise and worship, engaging in the worship of Jesus with music like we do on a Sunday. There's this kid who came to our church about three years ago, and this is a church kid. And we were in our former building, and he came to our church. He had never been to a church quite like ours. He had been to maybe more, more traditional, more conservative churches, um, but he came to ours. And in style, obviously, we're, we're maybe not as traditional in style or conservative in style. In values and biblical standards, I would just reaffirm that we are traditional. We take a traditional Christian and biblical worldview and stance on things. But in style, he had not been to church quite like ours. So he came in, and it wasn't in the message, it wasn't in the preaching, and it wasn't in the altar call that God really touched him. He was sitting in a time of praise and worship, and I can remember some of his friends being like nervous, like, oh my gosh, he has never been to a church like this. I hope he's not like freaked out. Music's loud, and people are like praying and lifting hands and all this. But about halfway into the worship portion, the praise and worship portion, he describes now, I heard his testimony secondhand from a dear friend of mine. He says now that he looks at that moment three years ago in worship as his salvation encounter with Jesus. This is a church kid. Grew up knowing about God, you know, trying to follow God. He describes that moment in praise and worship where the Holy Spirit so moved on his heart and he felt so compelled by the love of God and also convicted of his need for Jesus in a place of praise and worship 
that he just began to cry and actually call on Jesus. And he looks at that moment now as really his salvation encounter with Jesus. Is that cool? Just in a praise and worship moment. There's another really, really neat time. I was at a college retreat. Um, I believe this was at Lakewood Park Bible Camp. And there was a student uh, from another nation who was at NDSU when I was in college. Love this kid. And from the Middle East, traditionally from a different religious background um, than Christianity. But he began coming to some of our like Christian on-campus events. He even came to a retreat one weekend up at Lakewood Park Bible Camp in Devil's Lake. That's the Lord's Lake, let me tell you that. That's his camp, okay. Um, but he comes to this camp, this retreat, and this, this guy, he speaks English, but he also, his first language is Arabic. So in a time of altar time, service was done, but the worship team was just playing. People were up at the altar just praying and crying out to God. He hears someone speaking Arabic at the altar. He's like, what? And he sees this white student at the altar speaking Arabic. So he runs over to the guy like, like, yo, you speak Arabic? And the dude who's praying is like, no. <laughs> and he's like, well, you're saying something to the extent of like, Jesus is king in Arabic right now. And the student says, oh, I was praying in tongues. In a place of worship and praise and prayer, the gospel was actually being preached to, to another student in a different language through the speaking in tongues. How cool is that? So good. South Dakota, I did a youth conference many years ago. Now, this was not a traditionally charismatic or Pentecostal denomination. Um, this was a little bit more of a traditional denomination, and it was our, I think, sort of tri-state youth conference. Beautiful people. Um, and we just had an amazing weekend. Different services, um, worship time, and in a more condensed format than we're used to, okay? So maybe like 20 minutes of praise and worship, and then someone spoke a message, and it was the final night, and the speaker just asked us to come up and play one song, and in my heart, I'm like, oh God, I wish we could stay here for like 30 minutes, an hour, and just seek you, because I can feel the Holy Spirit in the room. And we began to sing the song, uh, I think it was Be Still. It's an original song that Burning Hearts we kind of put out six years ago or something. So he began singing this song, which is all about just being still before the Lord, knowing that he's God. Um, and then it speaks of the blood of Jesus and the work that Jesus has done on the cross. And I'm telling you, it was one of those moments where like, service had been great, the message was, was good. But when we begin to just play and sing and worship the Lord from our heart with song, something began to happen and students begin to just cry in repentance, in awe of the Lord, um, just being touched by the Holy Spirit. I don't know the long-term uh, outcome of some of those moments for some of those students, but what I do know is there's an awesome young man um, who attends a different church in town, but his, he has told me that weekend re like radically revolutionized his life, and he was so touched by the presence of Jesus, and this kid now has such a big heart for Jesus a huge heart for evangelism and reaching out to others. And he looks back to moments at that weekend like that, that actually begin to transform his life and draw him closer to Christ. That stuff just fires me up. One more, can I do one more? In the Middle East, I'm gonna tell you, there's a video. So we had our missionary friend Sarah Kane um, share with us a few weeks ago. Man, she's a part 
of some really cool missions happening, and there's a video on YouTube. Write down this title if you want to watch it. It's only about an hour-long documentary. Um, it's called Maps Global 50 Hours. Maps Global 50 Hours. It's only about an hour long, but it's a documentary of the prayer and worship movement happening in the Middle East. And some of the testimonies in this are mind-blowing of how Jesus is revealing himself um, to people and particularly even to those of that more traditional faith in the Middle East. It's amazing what God is doing. But through even the prayer room where Christians are gathering for times of praise and worship and prayer, people from other backgrounds and faiths are coming to the prayer room, having visions of Jesus, telling a believer, and the believer saying, oh, that's Jesus, let me show you. There are, there are folks in that region having visions and encounters with God, seeing a man dressed in white who happened to have holes in his hands, and they're telling their Christian friend about it, and the Christian explains to them, this is, this is Jesus, Jesus loves you. And it's in the context of prayer and praise and worship, and Jesus himself is revealing himself to the lost in such a powerful way. Isn't it good? In our times of praise and worship, God is capable of all of these things and more. We haven't even talked about like that the Lord can touch mental health issues in a place of praise and worship powerfully and simultaneously be healing someone's physically physical body. He can be meeting needs. He can be causing things to happen. He can be filling us with a sense of hope, peace, love, and joy as we come to these places. So, in conclusion, in any relationship, there are moments of great emotional connection and experience. And so is the same in our relationship with God. I believe that these moments, sometimes that happen in praise and worship, of deep connection with God, happen for three primary purposes. Number one, to be enjoyed. God wants you and I to come into this place and enjoy his presence, simply to be with him. I also believe number two, God gives us those moments of deep connection to strengthen our connection with him. And number three, oftentimes in praise and worship, God allows us to have a deeper, even emotional connection with him to number three, strengthen our commitment to God. We can come and enjoy his presence. We can have our connection with God strengthened. And we can leave with a strengthened commitment. All of these outcomes and results of time with God come through prayer, through personal devotion, and often through our corporate times of praise and worship. That we enjoy God, that we have a strengthened connection with God, and that we have a greater commitment to God. Let's just close our eyes in prayer for a moment. We're just gonna close. I'll ask Laura just to come and play some piano. But I just wanna offer this question as the first question. If you're here and you wanna say, I just wanna make a renewed commitment to Christ this morning. That's God's desire that we, when we experience him, we enjoy him, our connection with him is strengthened, and that we leave with a renewed commitment to him. So if you're in this place and you just wanna say, man, I wanna make a renewed commitment to Christ this morning, 
Holy Spirit, I just ask you just move on our hearts now. If that's you, just lift a hand. I'm just gonna pray for you in a moment. But if you just wanna say, yeah, I just wanna make a renewed commitment to Christ. Whether it's your first time or maybe it's just, yes, Lord, I'm gonna do this fresh. Awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna pray over you. Father, I just pray for those, Lord, in this place, those who lifted their hands and maybe those who are a little bit nervous too, but they, they wanna make a renewed commitment to you and say, wow, I wanna know you. I wanna seek you. I wanna live for you. God, I just ask that there'd be grace upon them um, and so much love upon them, Father, that they would know as they're walking and desiring to do that, Jesus, that they could do that. And Father, I pray for the relationships around them um, to help them do that. But God, we just say yes to that, Lord, that there would just be a strong um, recommittal to you this morning, Father, in our hearts and our lives. Just thank you for that, Jesus. Just thank you, Jesus. Second question, you know, Jesus talks so much about prayer and there's, it's so important in the life of Christ. And if you wanna say, I, I just wanna recommit myself to establishing that place of prayer. Praise and worship happens here every Sunday, but it can happen in your home every single day. And the Lord just desires that we have a rich daily relationship with him. So if you're here and you say, man, I know that God has more for me in the secret place and, and I wanna go there more consistently. I wanna choose to, um, to make that a, a bigger priority in my life. That, that secret place time of prayer and praise and worship so that God could fill me, um, so that God could heal me, so that God could meet me, so that I can be poured out and be used for him. If that's you, just lift a hand as well. I just wanna pray over you. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, Father, we just release a grace for that, Lord. I just thank you, Lord, the desire to know you in this place and that it's growing in this place, Father. And Lord, I just pray for everyone who's desiring that, God, um, that you would help them establish, Father, their secret place. God, I pray that even going into this fall, Father, would be a brand new season um, and that you would just begin to establish new patterns, new habits, new devotion to you, Lord, um, and a new lifestyle of prayer, of secret place prayer, of praise and of worship, Jesus, that we could know you and be filled by you, Lord, so that we have something to pour out, Lord. We just bless you, and I thank you, Lord, for those with that desire, Jesus. And I bless that, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We hope this message encouraged you today. For more information about Burning Hearts Church and our mission, please head to burningheartsfargo.com. If you are in the Fargo area, we would love for you to join us at one of our Sunday services, either 9 or 1045 a.m. Have a great rest of your week.